All right, welcome to Making the Argument. Before we get started, I have a very important announcement. We have a brand new deal with GoodRanchers.com. That's right. If you go into Good Ranchers and you use promo code Nick and you sign up for one of their subscriptions, you're not only going to get $15 off, but do you remember the old deal where you got two pounds of ground beef with each order? Well, we just upped the game. That's right. You can choose top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, or bacon now. Every single order you get on that subscription is going to come with free. Top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, or bacon. You get to choose which one if you use promo code Nick. And again, $15 off on top of that. That's a savings of $480 in meat by signing up for one of those subscriptions. Not to mention the fact that if you are looking for a gift for someone that is impossible to shop for, you can go on to GoodRanchers.com and get one of their brand new gift boxes. Now, this is a limited time only offer. It's part of their overall Black Friday special. So go on to GoodRanchers.com to get more details. Sign up for promo code Nick and to get that deal and let's get on with the show. All right, on this episode of Making the Argument, we're going to give you perhaps some of the best analysis, best insight you could ever hope for, especially if you're single. That's right, because today we're going to be talking a little bit about what should you look for in a spouse and why has it gotten so difficult? And spoiler alert, we're probably going to be trashing a lot of Disney, Instagram, and Hallmark in this episode, but we're actually going to give you some really good reasons why and we're going to dispel this notion, and this is the part that gets a little controversial. I'm going to dispel the notion that what the real problem is is that you just need to lower your expectations. That is false. As always, I'm your host, Nick Freitas, member of the Virginia House of Delegates, but other than that, a good person. With me, as always, my beautiful bride and proof that I might know what I'm talking about on this topic, <laughs> Tina, Queen of the Bees. Hello, everyone. Our political prognosticator and resident historian, Christian Hines. I have no clue what I'm doing here for this episode. <laughs> we, we, I'm not saying we did this episode for you. But I'm maybe proof that yeah. I don't know what we're about this to be ep This episode <laughs> might be a little bit less talky, a little more listen-y for you. Yeah, <laughs> and then we have, we have Nicholas Hamilton, the good Hamilton, the one that doesn't like central banking. It's a pleasure to be here, Nick. I think I may learn a lot today because I'm in the same boat as Christian. All right. And then, of course, our producer of producers, Sour Patch Lids and Newlywed, here That's to give correct. that advice as well. So we've got a newlywed, right. we've got some old weds, <laughs> and we've got some never and we have weds. Two bachelors. Yeah. So two uh, bachelors. any of you ladies out there who are single, somebody who's looking for a little something, you know, uh, maybe maybe a, a husband for Christmas. Well, we've got well. two two prospects for you right now. Just keep in yeah, mind, man. Christian and I are in volley. <laughs> That's right. They're over there. Volley there you chat. go. This is our dating app now. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Well, listen, so we, we, we've actually been talking about this for a while now, and yeah. we, we had an interesting conversation um, because we were all talking about, you know, obviously there's a lot of people out there on social media giving various advice. I think Jordan Peterson has given some yeah. really good advice. There's also a lot of bad advice. A lot of bad advice. Oh, my so God. Much. What was the clip you sent me? Uh, it was from the Fresh and Fit podcast um, mm, down in right. Miami. It's, just, it's kind of hilarious to listen yeah. to because it illustrates very well how the expectations of one side of this conversation and the other side of this conversation are completely indifferent. Well, fields. and, I, and I, I, one of the ones that I found very interesting is is there's a site called Just Pearly Things. On YouTube, and, yeah. Yeah, on YouTube. And she talks about um, kind of the expectations that women go into relationships now versus what men go into. And she actually sticks up for men a lot saying that, you know, uh, women women kind of come right out now and say, hey, these are my expectations. You better make it. I'm a queen. I deserve all of this. But if a man were to articulate the same expectations, he would be considered kind of a jerk. Um, now, that's that's not to say that you know, we should, we should open this up and men should be jerks. It's more about understanding what the issues are. But one of the things that I see, like I, I will see so many people on social media as they're giving advice on relationships, on potentially looking at marriage. One of the common things that they say is that people need to lower their expectations, that they've been giving these ridiculously high expectations from Hollywood or from pop culture, or from filter apps or whatever it is. Right. You, you learn it young from Disney. Right. It's it's the prince that's going to show up or it's the princess you're going to find. And then it's it's Instagram and hookup culture with everything that we have on social media. And then as you're older and lonely and trying to make sense of your life, it's Hallmark movies. Right. And all of them are crap. Can I just say that right now? All of yeah. them are yes. crap. But a lot of people, I think, have learned the wrong lesson because what they do is they look at all that and say, oh, yeah, well, they've created these these ridiculously high expectations. And if you really want to find someone that you can you can have a good marriage with, you need to lower your expectations. Garbage. Absolute garbage. Now, what kind of expectations are you refer thinking of, Nick? 
I, I, I don't think that the expectations that you see in Disney uh, and certainly not on, on social media or like the hookup culture um, and, and not even a hallmark. I don't think any of them are high expectations. I think they're stupid expectations. But just to clarify, if Christian and I are looking for a, a 10, you, that, that would be an expectation that should be lowered. Well, no. What's your version of a 10? Yeah, I, just, just yeah. This is not the case. I'm making this clear. Oh, okay, it's not yeah. the case. Ca but let's just say, for instance, Christian and I wanted a 10 out of 10, and that was all we were going to go for. Phys like physical attractiveness. Okay. So here's okay. Here's what I just I, wanted to clarify. That here's the problem that I have with this whole concept of what expectations are supposed to be. Is that my my point is is that like Disney, social media, Hallmark, they're not creating high expectations. They're creating stupid ones. Okay. Mm. Right. I I don't. I'm sorry, but my wife, ten out of ten for me. Sure. Absolute ten out of ten, and that's what that's all I was willing to settle for. And I don't apologize for that. And look, I, I I feel very blessed. I found it at 19. Yeah. Okay. But the, the thing that I like to tell people is it, it's not about lowering your expectations. It's about figuring out what should your expectations be in order to get the most out of like your marriage that you can possibly expect. And, and again, I come from a Christian worldview. And so I place a very, very high premium. Like this is the most important relationship you will have outside of your relationship with God. Right, so of course you should go into it with high expectations. Right, you kind of like confused me earlier when you were saying like you know talking about expectations and saying you know when people say lower your expectations that's garbage. I disagree with you, but maybe it's because we're using different terms for expectations. It depends on your metrics, really. This you got to kind of define your terms. The, the, I, the I don't think you and I are defining expectations the exact same way. And because I was defining the, expectations the way that Hamilton was defining it. And that's the first thing that needs to be fixed because a lot of the way that we define these things has been taught to us, again, by social institutions that are setting expectations not too high. They're setting the wrong sort of expectations. Okay. Well, I mean, most... Social media is so polished now. You've got women who can't put a picture up without putting a filter on their face first and cinching in their waist and, you know, expanding their bosom or whatever. And, uh, I mean, sometimes they do it surgically. Sometimes they just do it with the photo app. And here's the problem is even that woman who is the picture of the physical 10 isn't a 10 in real life if you're using that picture as your base because she's polishing herself up. She's putting uh, a filter on her face. She's, you know, narrowing out her nose and making her eyes look bigger and fixing all the little imperfections on her skin. I mean, the, the problem is, is I, I do think that people's uh, mental image of what beauty is has really been morphed. And now people are all starting to look similar. Well, um, Tina, you've just been brainwashed by the heteronormative, uh, <laughs> y y you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, Candace, but, Candace <laughs> Owens just got into big, a big yeah. snafu with women because she said she wanted to know if men really think that lip fillers and all of these things, um, you know, nipping and tucking and all of this actually no. looks attractive. Here's the problem is that if the people do it well, you won't even know they did it. Right. And so there is what we find unattractive is the overuse of that. But there's a lot of women walking around where you would have no idea they actually had any of that done. But, but, uh, see, but you see where we've started this entire conversation, mm -hmm. right? This entire conversation has started off with physical appearance. Right. Because physical appearance is, is important. I'm not going to say it's not well, a it's factor. It's the first thing that attracts it's, you it's to a person. It's the first thing that you see, and it's the first thing that you use to essentially um, – I, I, we can't use the word discriminate anymore because it sounds bad, but I mean that in an intellectual sense where you you differentiate between something that you prefer versus something that you don't prefer. But it's 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 obviously one of the first things that you see. And attraction matters, right? It, it absolutely matters. The idea that physical attraction doesn't matter at all or like a really truly good person doesn't really even care about that stuff. Okay, let, let's not live in la-la land. People do care about physical attraction to another person. However... When we talk about what should your expectations be for marriage, the first question I have for something is, I don't know, what do you expect to get out of your marriage? Like, what's your marriage actually built upon? Because, again, if it's built upon Disney, then, then you have this false notion of what marriage actually looks like. Because I don't know if you've noticed this, Disney never goes into marriage. Right. Disney goes into weddings. Yep. Right. right. Disney goes into a big thing and then there's a big wedding and then people ride off. Into and the, the wedding saves her from everything. Right. And, and then mm. and then Instagram and hookup culture and all that is all focused on the, the physical attraction 
and, and, and using another person to essentially satiate your lust, mm-hmm. right? And then what's Hallmark, right? Because theoretically, Hallmark is the most defined storyline out of all of this. Hallmark also doesn't go into marriage. It just goes into the romance, the dating, and the wedding. But the other thing that I think is interesting and, and completely ridiculous about that is that, look, every Hallmark, let me just go in and give you every Hallmark movie. Like, she had a high-paying, high-demand job in the city, and then she went home for Christmas, and she fell in love with the nice, romantic, curiously good-looking single-father baker. Artisan baker. And then she she gave up her high-powered career because she fell in love, and now she wakes up at 4.30 in the morning six days out of the week to bake bread. I don't think right. so. <laughs> right. That's not that's not a reasonable expectation either. Like she had certain goals, interests for her life. And now it's like real love is when you give up all of that for the really good looking one, one, single dad. One, one comment and a question. My first comment is if people were as interested in storylines about marriage as they were about engagements and yep. weddings, they would make movies about marriage. Well, no, I, I w- so here's what I will tell and that's you. That's very telling. And once upon mm-hmm. a, but it once is. upon a time, once upon a time, we had a lot more shows and sitcoms that really elevated the whole concept of marriage. Now people look at it now and say, like, oh, that was, you know, they're horrible patriarchal, you know, society. And that oh, was it, like Disney alone. If you watch any of their kid movies mm-hmm. um, or shows, the mom and dad, like the dad is always a total doofus and he's an idiot. and he's he's a big lunk and um, always thinks the wrong way and the mom's always gotta correct it. And the mom's always got these secrets between with her and her kids and like they have the connection, but then dad's this douchebag off somewhere. He's a know, loser whatever. usually. And yeah. yeah, and he's usually like the comic relief because he's a moron. That is what is being framed up in these people's mind of Oh, well, when you get married, you have, you know, like three kids instead of two because your husband's always going to be a child. Yeah. And um, it, it really has done a disservice to real men. And some of it is because of the feminization of men that there are a lot of men like that where they they are betas and um, or we affectionately call them soy boys where <laughs> it's like. And I have a theory about that with the whole birth control thing and what people are attracted to while they're on birth control. But anyway, Mm. um, the point being that I think that this has skewed uh, what people think a marriage would be. And you've got this massive wedding industry Mm -hmm. where it's like you're going to be a princess for a day. You're the queen for the day. And you've created these bridezillas and they need everything to be visually perfect. They put more money, more effort, and more work into the day of the wedding than they do in the rest of the marriage. True. And they get home. That was a profound statement right there. Yeah. That, yeah. I like that. Well, it's true. You've got like the average wedding is like 30 grand now. That's nuts. And it used to be that people save that money for a down payment on a home or they're like saving it for their future. One day they're going to blow that amount of money. And chances are they're not going to do the work to maintain that marriage on the other end of it. Maybe they haven't even had the correct conversations or or seen the red flags or anything like that beforehand because they were so blinded by the idea of love and the idea of getting married. Well, and, but that's that's my point is once we get into this one. Defining your terms is important because when we talk about the idea of love or the idea of romance or the idea of a wedding or the idea of marriage, ideas from who, right? Who gave us the ideas that we have about these things? Because if, if again, if your ideas about these things came from Hollywood, I've got horrible news, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're never going to live up to what your expectations are, not because your standards are too high. It's because... The, the standards that you were given, the expectations you were fed are incorrect. They are wrong. And in fact, they're robbing you of something so much better. That's the, that's the reason why I hate it when we tell young men and women, lower your standards, lower your expectations. No, no, no. You should, your expectations and your standards should be through the roof on the things that truly matter to make a good marriage. So what right. matters? Oh, yeah. Excellent question, Hold Christian. On. So glad Before you asked. I feel you like go- that was a segue. <laughs> yeah. That was an <laughs> unintentional segue. Before you go into that, though, it's I want to put out there the concept that it's not about lowering your standards so much as it is examine your standards and rise to your own standards. Yes. So that you can attract the type of person that you want. I, I think that's true, but 
the first step, the first step is not even rising to your own standards. The first step is making sure you have the right standards for what constitutes sure. an actual good marriage. Yeah. Now, this is the part where we have some viewers of this show that love our show that sometimes are like, well, Nick, you know, you, you kind of you kind of lay on the Christianity a little thick sometimes. Yep. Sorry. It's what I believe. So if I believe it's to be true, I'm going to share with you what I believe the truth to be. Now, is, am I saying this because I believe that nobody has a good marriage unless you're a Christian or that all Christians have great marriages? No, I'm not saying that. What, what I am saying is that we've been married almost 24 years. And, and as I explained it to somebody once, in that 24 years, it's not like it's been you know puppy dogs and lollipops. I mean, we got married at 19 and 20, had no money, lived in a crappy apartment in a dangerous part of town. I was gone half the year because I was in the military. For our first 10 years of marriage, 11. I was first gone for 11, half of it. First 11 years, we were only together for six of it. Yeah. And, and, this, and this, in this time, we are moving seven times. We are, you know, we have three kids. We, we have like all the, I'm, I'm going to war. I'm going overseas, right? Like all these things that are happening where if you look at stressors within life, right? Things like having to move, death in the family, time apart, combat, right? These are all stressors on a marriage. And, and I can honestly say, it's not like there haven't been times where like there, there was, you know, better seasons than other ones, but at no point did I ever feel like my marriage was really in danger, through through all of that, never felt that. Now, is, is this because I am just so good at this husband thing? It sounds like it. No, <laughs> right? no. no but it is you not. know what? We do. We we periodically do like a sanity check, just to like check and see how we're doing. And it's funny because, well, it's not funny. It, it's sad. Um, but when when we were a military family mm -hmm. and we saw a lot of relationships rise and fall, a lot of relationships and marriages crumble and people cheating on their spouses and various things like that. And, um, you know, you could usually peg which ones might do that type of thing and which ones wouldn't. Um, we never, a lot of people would say, oh, you don't want to go special forces, Nick. Look at the divorce rate. And that divorce as rate. If that's a thing that just happens when you go to special, as if they line you up once you get to your ODA and be like, all right, six of you are getting divorced. We're going to go ahead and point them out right now. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it was really interesting to me because, that divorce rate has nothing to do with him and I and our relationship. As long as we maintain it, you have to do the maintenance. You have to make sure that you're on the same page. And sometimes you're going to have some, a little drift, like you're so caught up with the kids and you've, you're exhausted and you've changed your 50th diaper for the week. And, um, and I've just gotten, and I've just gotten orders for another deployment or yeah. school or something. And well, you know, so, so, but the point I was going to make is that, um, yeah, you're going to have moments where you, you don't, you're not really feeling as connected as you should. And those are the moments where you need to reconnect. You well, the, have to. The thing is though, is I don't, I, I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead with respect to how do you, how do you maintain a good marriage? I want to start off with how do you even get there? The, yeah. You, I was about to when ask. You talk, like, when you talk about the sanity checks, the first sanity check we did was not five years into our marriage. It was when we were dating and realizing that, you know what, this might be going a little bit farther. I was literally about mm -hmm. to ask that question because, like, for somebody like Hamilton and I, how does how to maintain a marriage matter if, if you can't even find we're not even in a relationship? Well, okay, the only reason I brought that up is because some people will look at it and go, oh, well, Nick and Tina found each other and it was just a match made in heaven and it's perfect. And and that's just the existence of it. No, 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 no. We are human beings. We have our own, yeah. um, you know battles within our mind or whatever we have and we and we make this work so it's not that we were just well, and both these of two us, soulmates out there and found each other it's that we did the work to be that and both of us came from families where my my parents divorced remarried divorced yep same with mine right. Tina's parents divorced remarried like like this it's not as if again we grew up with the Waltons and we just em, emulated what we saw that that's not what happened who are the Waltons oh, shut up but we anyway. didn't want <laughs> We didn't want to be that um, statistic in yeah. the family. Like the first marriage of, of each of our parents only, you know, lasted a certain amount right. of time. And so. No. So, yeah. the, so step one is, and, and this is, again, this is what's critical here. Right. And so we kind of, we kind of laid out what are, what are our bona fides? Why did, why do Tina and I think we can actually talk about this with some degree of, you know, authority. Um, step one, the first thing that, that I think both of us were looking for was was not just physical attraction or did we have similar interests or do we have similar life goals? 
the first thing we were interested in was worldview. And what I mean by that is like everybody, everybody in the world has a worldview. You can't get around it. It's the way that you make sense of the things that you see around you. It's the values you take into your decision-making processes. It's the thought process that you use to come to conclusions. And, and honestly, your theology is the most important. Now, for those of you who are atheists, okay, fine, you're an atheist, but your theology, right, the starting point of your worldview always starts with that question. And her and I had the same theology, right? We, we were both Christians. We, we both, you know, believed in scripture. We, we both, we had that foundation. The reason why that's so critical is because, again, when it comes to things like your theology and to some degree, to a lesser extent, but it's still important when it comes to things like your politics, right, this is not just are you a Republican or a Democrat, right? This is how do you view situations within the world? What, what thought process do you go through to try to come up with ways to creatively solve those challenges that you're going to face? And what value system do you bring along? And I will tell you right now that if your theology is completely different, if, if your, your politics, and again, I don't mean political party, I mean the, the way you explain challenges and problems in the world. If they're totally different, that is going to be very, very difficult for you to come to sound conclusions for a lot of things that you face, and it's going to become really difficult once you start having kids. Because once you start having kids, you, you are raising your children in the way that they should go, right? You are teaching them how to think through things, and you are, you know, you are extending your values to them. And so right off the bat, if you have if you have totally different worldviews, or or worse yet, you have worldviews that conflict with one another, I, I don't care how physically attracted you are to that person. I, I don't care how many interests you might share. When it comes to the existential questions you face throughout your lives, you are not going to be on the same sheet of music. And so none of the other stuff is going to matter. You're going to find yourself, and, and this, this applies equally to men and women, right? Ladies, no matter how handsome he is, guys, no matter how beautiful she is, somebody somewhere is sick of their crap. <laughs> like that's just the reality. All right. If, if you are not, if you are not spiritually, emotionally, intellectually compatible, right? The physical compatibility is simply not going to matter over time. So when I talk about, you know, raising your standards, I mean, first and foremost, you're setting down that foundation upon which everything else is going to be built. And, and yeah, I can tell you right now, I, I've, I've told people this before, I can take you back to our freshman year where I was sitting in the classroom when Tina walked in the room. We didn't date for four years after that moment. So obviously I was physically attracted to her right off the bat, right? But that wasn't, that wasn't enough for either one of us to all of a sudden start dating. There was other data, there was other information that was actually important to that process, and one of the things that really attracted me to Tina fairly early on, and again, we still didn't date immediately afterwards, is that I saw Tina in repeated situations in high school where if she thought something was correct or right, she didn't care what anybody else thought. She didn't care what the popular kids thought. She didn't care what, if it was correct and right, that's what she thought was the right thing to do, period, the end. And for me, that added to the physical attraction, right? That, 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 um, display of character and integrity and courage in those situations, even though they might've been, you know, small in the big scheme of things. But when you're in, in high school, those things are pretty significant. And the fact that she was willing to stand up, that taught me something about her, about her worldview that I got to see in action that was incredibly attractive to me. Now, was that me lowering my standards or expectations? No, I kept them high. Now, by the same token, and this goes to, to Tina's point earlier, as you're identifying these things that are really important to you with, with respect to your worldview, right? you also got to be thinking, am I living up to my own worldview? Because if you're not, you have no right to expect that of somebody else. But you shouldn't see that as, a, oh, poor is me, right? You know, why can't somebody just love me the way I am? What you should be seeing is, you know what? I want somebody that is, I want somebody that's incredible because I'm going to be spending the rest of my life, right? I'm not, there's no exit strategy. I'm spending the rest of my life with them. And you know what? If I truly love them, then they also deserve somebody that they can admire and look up to and be attracted to in all those different ways. So, Nick, there is an exit strategy, though, because 50 percent of all marriages end in divorce. It might actually be higher than that now. That's an older statistic. Like why? So that would be a red flag. So let's say you met somebody 
and you were talking with them. By the way, I was not advocating for that. <laughs> no, yeah, I, no, that no, wasn't yeah, me yeah. saying like, oh, yeah. you've always got this like emergency button you can press to end yeah. it. But, but I remember having a conversation with a previous boyfriend in high school. I mean, we were just kids. But I remember talking about how important I thought it was to be married for life um, and, and not to ever use the D word, hmm. divorce. Um, because I had lived through it with my parents and it was hard. Same. And it, it my hurt. parents are divorced too. Yeah. And it, it hurt no matter how amicable it is, it hurts. And um, so when we were discussing, uh, you know, future and possible, like if, if you ever got married, you know, would it be forever kind of thing. And this person told me, no, I wouldn't stay if I was unhappy. If I'm unhappy, I'm leaving. And I knew right then this boy is not somebody I want to be, you know, connected to long term because they already had a defeatist attitude about it. And the problem is, is that a lot of times it really takes two to make things good. And and you have to ask those kind of deeper questions like what is your view on divorce and what is your view on relationships? What's your what is your relationship with your family like um you know if if they don't have a good relationship within the family and a good marriage wasn't modeled for them it's possible you're they're going to be coming in with a lot of baggage and so you need to like get to those questions early before the relationship starts to really uh come together because you need to leave while you're not emotionally connected to the person. If you know for sure there are several things that are deal breakers and you're not going to get past them, um, yeah, you need to have those deeper questions. I, I saw a video recently where they were saying, you know, you're asking the wrong questions. You're asking what his favorite color is and where he <laughs> likes to vacation and what he likes to do for hobbies. The, the real questions are what's your relationship with your mother like? What's your relationship with your dad like? How does your dad treat your mother well, and, and can I say this? That there, are, there are, look, there are legitimate reasons why people get divorced, right? And, and I, think, I think it's always tragic in some sense, but there, there are definitely relationships where it is, you know, abusive ones and things like that, sure. uh, you know, rampant infidelity. Th like, I get all of that. The, the point I think that we're trying to make is that that step one is, is that if you, if you are not rooted in the same foundational worldview, I'm telling you right now, nothing else is going to, nothing else is really going to matter long term. Because you you guys just simply do not see the world the same way. You do not attempt to solve problems the same way. And 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 again, I don't even mean there can't be diversity of opinion with how to approach a particular problem. I'm talking about the foundational the foundational stuff. So once you've got that right, and and then there's the physical attraction point. Like Tina said, it's the first thing that you see. So obviously, it's going to play a factor. And there's nothing wrong with that. But by the same token, you you know if that's if that's all you're taking into consideration. That is going. It, it's not as if um, it, it's not as if one day you're going to wake up and that doesn't matter. What's going to happen is is that you're going to find out that it was nowhere near as important as the level that you put it at because of what Disney, social media, and Hallmark told you was important. Hmm. The 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 third thing I, I would say, and this is the part where I, I take issue with Hallmark. Right? Is is Hallmark has this idea that you know again. You know, she had this totally different career. He had this totally different career. And then they came home and then they what they really realized is they wanted to raise horses. No, they didn't. Right. That is almost certainly not what they discovered at some point. Right. If you had some sort of, of passion in your life on something that you wanted to do and accomplish, that passion should not be superior to your relationship with your spouse. Hmm. But by the same token, if you really do have an interest and a passion and a talent for something and you want to pursue those things, right, there's probably a reason for that. And there's and you should probably look for somebody that doesn't necessarily have the exact same objectives or maybe even the exact same interests, but those interests should not, you know, collide. It shouldn't be something where your interests or passions are completely contradictory to what their interests or passions. They should on some level be complimentary. Right. Because if one person in the relationship is always the one sacrificing, um, you breed bitterness and resentment and oh, things yeah. like that. And you can't you can't go, oh, well, I just love this person so much that I'm just going to get up at 4 a.m. and break bread every day. Yeah. Like the scenario you already gave. Um, no, you have to still have your interest and in, in that re healthy relationship 
nurtures those interests. I mean, we have a situation where anything I, I'm, I tend to be creative and Nick totally let, like, he's like, yeah, do whatever you want. Oh, you know, I'll get you this thing so that you can make that. That's cool. You know, whatever. Um, yeah, people or, don't realize like Tina made this whole studio. Like she made the table we're sitting at. She did the wall. She did the ceiling. She she designed like everything that's you know but, that, that but, isn't like the camera or video equipment. Tina designed. But in this the thing. point is that, um, you, it, as much as possible, you can't be a hindrance to the other person's dreams. Yeah, you know right. you have to try to make them work together, and um, you know it. I think that uh, we we definitely have a situation right now where. Um, you know, you're getting, you're, you're meeting people, you're talking about your future and your career and all of that. And that's what you're deciding whether it aligns or not or whatever. Um, but we kind of need to get into where are you meeting these people Yeah. and yes, where are you going? Question. Yeah. Where are you going in order to try to find somebody now, Nick and I, we happen to meet in high school, which is wonderful for us, you know, but most people are not in that kind of a situation. Most people they're looking for someone. Um, they, so let's say a guy wants to meet like a nice Christian girl who, you know, has really good virtuous standards as far as, as, as what she, how she carries herself and things like that. That's the nicest way I can put that. <laughs> um, but then they're going clubbing to try to find this girl. And it's like, wait a minute. Good luck. Uh, the club is not going to be where that person is. And you at the club is all, you're also not what that girl is looking for. Yeah. So. Right. Um, if you're like, oh, I want to find a nice Christian girl, but you're like, I never go to church <laughs> and I never go to any Christian functions. And, you know, I, I, I'm not part of any of these groups. I don't do a Bible study. I don't do any of that. Well, what makes you think a nice Christian girl wants you Well, at that point? Right. I, I, think, I feel personally attacked by that. Sorry. <laughs> I'm well, sorry. No, it, it, it go, it's it, your sign. It, it go it goes into the whole idea of like, again what what is the first what is the first thing that you're using to set your expectations with respect to someone you're going to spend the rest of your life with presumably raise children with go through ups downs hardships you know wonderful events the whole deal like formative things all that you like okay well if worldview is the most important then you have to go in the proximity of people that are most likely to share that same worldview yep right that that like this seems this seems kind of obvious to me and people will say oh well opposites attract. Opposites attract, mm. not with the fundamentals. Opposites attract with the peripheral thing. That's just visual. It, it's well, or it's it's the it's the person that's a little bit more introverted versus the person that's a little bit more extroverted. Because the introverted person it might be attracted by that out. extroverted person, mm -hmm. whereas the extroverted person appreciates kind of like the peace and quiet that the introverted person provides. And 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 so you you grow together because what you're seeing that that opposite that you're attracted to is something within your um, life that you might admire, but is but is is diminished in your own capabilities. And so what what happens is is that you become more of a whole, you know, person personality-wise or skill set-wise or whatnot because of the additional, you know, skills or personality traits that they bring. But the, don't don't be confused that opposite attracts means at the fundamental you should be opposite. So step yeah. 1 is if worldview is really important and I'm I'm telling you it is then you have to go to places and you have to go to events and you have to go to environments where you're more likely to run into people that share your worldview. And, and Christian and I were talking about this yesterday. I said, you know, this seems kind of ominous. Like, oh my gosh, there's 4.5 billion women in the world. I said, yep. And 98.99% of them are, are not going to be anyone. you. Yeah, they might be a wonderful, great person. And they live in Norway. So you ain't ever going to meet a man, right? Like you don't got to worry about that one. All right. Sorry. The Viking girl is not going to be yours. Right. So again, proximity, where do you live? Right. Where are you at in your own life? And you're in like, in, in, again, as a Christian, where you're on your own walk with Christ, like, are you actually ready to be a husband and what all that means within that, that worldview? But you know, um, wh where are you at and where are you more likely to find people that share that worldview? Go there. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've always said that people should be trying to meet their spouses in a condition where they're working toward the same goal together so that the focus is not on getting a date. It is on doing this thing like volunteering springs to mind. Church certainly springs to mind since there are so many opportunities to serve. You could also 
go to maybe something like a book club or meet somebody in class like Nick and Tina did, um, which I think is really wonderful because then Nick was at a distinct advantage because he was able to observe Tina over the course of time. Being a lady of character, he's like, I'd really like to date this woman. She's very attractive to me, but is she a high quality person? I'll keep an eye on her. That really is like the ideal condition. <laughs> is it observing or when, gonna, when is observing stalk become stalking? Yeah, I was going <laughs> to yeah. say, we're, we're getting yeah, that's fair. I, 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 I get what you mean, though, Lydia. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think but that you know Nick what I'm is saying. a stalker. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if you're working toward the same goal, i.e. graduating high school, for example, or finishing a class strongly, finishing college, what have you, then the focus isn't on each other. I think there's such a narcissistic narcissistic tendency to be like, oh, well, we're dating. That's all we're doing right now. Like, no, go do something interesting that helps other people. See if that's something that the other person's into. And that gets back to figuring out what your priorities are, what you want in a spouse, and how you're also developing yourself to be the best version of yourself so you can be a good spouse for this right person wherever you meet them. Absolutely. There's one other thing I wanted to bring up, and that is um, being physical in a relationship. If you're asking the right questions and you're um, really trying to develop character and and learn who this person really is deep down and and you're having these deep conversations, you're on the phone for three hours or whatever, maybe that doesn't happen anymore, maybe Snapchat for three hours, I don't know. But you're you're spending all this time getting to know what's inside the mind of the other person. The minute you start getting physical with each other, you all those questions start to disappear and all you wanna do is the physical stuff because chemical right. reaction, it just is what it is. You per push certain buttons and it has certain responses. So try your very best to hold off as much as possible on physical um, affection, I guess I would say. Physical contact. Yeah. Physical yeah. contact. Yeah. Stick to non-sexual contact. Yeah. Um, and I, I, just, I have to say that because I feel like a lot of people, you watch them, really they're into this person and they're learning about this person and you can always tell when it got physical yep. because all of those big questions go away and they're no longer talking about what's inside the person's mind. They're talking about what they want to do to that person or yeah. with that what's person. their pants, yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, put it, I'll put it this way, not to get too personal. Um, Obviously, we got married. I have no idea what he's about to say. I'm so nervous <laughs> oh right now. Again, I, I, 19 when I got married. So it was really popular with my army buddies to essentially say, oh, you got married. You don't you don't have any experience. And we all know what they meant by experience. And, and I, finally, one day, I just got tired of this. I looked back. I said, let me, let me clarify something for you, dude, when you talk about experience. Here's what that means for you. You have a lot of essentially insignificant trysts with women you didn't care about and who didn't care about you. Right. So the exponential relevance of that is the equivalent of you having a bunch of GEDs and people you're never going to see again and don't care about, right? I've been with one person that I love deeply, respect, and am passionate about. So you got a bunch of GEDs, dude, I got a PhD. Who do you really think knows what they're doing? I like that. Right? That's and, awesome. And, you do, honey. And, <laughs> but, but the whole, the whole this point- This has immediately gotten Sorry, awkward. Sorry, <laughs> But no, the, the re but the reason why this is the reason why this is important, right, is is because the physical component is an important aspect of the relationship. But if you put it before the marriage, you will have problems. You will have problems yes. that will become a distraction away from the things that you really need to discover about that other person in order to determine whether or not they're married. The only reason why I share the happy other side of that story is because you do need to understand that it is an important component of marriage and it is a wonderful component of marriage mm -hmm. when it is done correctly and within the proper boundaries. And, and every, again, this is another area where Hollywood tries to, Hollywood tries to sensationalize and make appear really neat and wonderful and exciting. This idea of, um, hooking you know, up. yeah, hooking up, right. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh my gosh, it's the hunt, right? It's, it's a, it's a new person, you know, every time you go to the club or something like that. And then they try to minimize and make look stupid and, um, you know, boring that aspect of relationship with inside of marriage. And what we know, what we know, not just from, um, just, I, I would say 
really from common sense and logic. But what we know from statistical analysis and data on this is the complete opposite is true. The people that are trying to recreate some sort of experience through hookup culture never seem to have a fulfilling physical relationship with other human beings, whereas those people who are in, in happy marriages, and, and again, this, this is so logical if people would just think about it for a second, all right? A bunch of people you don't know who don't care about you on any level are never going to be able to give you the sort of experience that is rooted in genuine trust, love, passion, and yes, communication. You only get that in a relationship where you are committed to someone for life in a healthy relationship where all of a sudden, like this is this is now an experience that you're having that is not just about your individual physical gratification. It is something so much more important than that, both when in your relationship and also what it can mean for the the creation of children, which is just really miraculous when you think about it. And so I, I want people to understand that when you are foregoing that, you are foregoing it because you are trading this this really superficial one-sided experience because that's really what it is on a level. Yeah, the other person might be there, but believe me, it's you're there for you. And then all of a sudden you trade that for something that takes place within a loving marriage. Those two things are, are so incomparable as to not even be on the same spectrum when you really think about it logically. Yeah. Nick, I, I, I think I feel like that. Sorry, Lydia, I don't I don't mean to interrupt you, but no, you're good. Nick, I, I feel like that we keep talking about marriage, but we're not really talking about relationships. Like I, I in some ways, I feel like that we've still jumped the gun because a lot of people and you and Hamilton showed me this video um, yesterday of this this girl woman who. Um, was pointing out like, you know, some of these statistics related to, I would argue, the disintegration of relationship building in America. It used to be, I feel like, a lot easier to find a healthy relationship and eventually a marriage than it is now. I feel like that now is probably the worst time in I'd the agree. history of this country yeah. for finding a relationship and a marriage. That's which because is, narcissism has been fostered in our society see, so I don't, heavily. I, don't, I, don't think I, I disagree. I, 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 I disagree. I, I feel like that loneliness has spiked. I, To be completely honest, this is going to sound maybe embarrassing, but it's true. Like, I have very few female friends. Mm -hmm. I mean, then again, I think I have very few actual personal close friends in general, regardless of their gender. And... I know a lot of the few female friends that I have are either already married or they've also given up on marriage. All of the male friends that I have are like in the same boat. They either got married at like 20 mm -hmm. or 21 around your age. Right. Or they've just they've checked out. Right. You know, they they, they have completely given up hope of actually finding a spouse. Well, do you feel and like the value proposition has has skewed? Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, to be completely honest, I'm in this boat, too, where I I've gotten to a point where I just have kind of thought, OK, I'm, I'm I guess I'm just never going to get married. Um, I wanted to when I was younger, but I just I don't see any avenue for that to even be remotely a possibility at this point. And I feel like that I'm speaking for tens of millions of people when I say that it's really, you know, it's not just embarrassing. It's kind of like scary to put that out there and be like, I feel like that I'm part of that generation, right? The younger millennial, older Zoomer. I'm I'm one of the youngest millennials, right? These like people in their 20s, especially in their mid to late 20s at this point where they've looked around and they're like, there is no option for finding a spouse, it feels like, because everything is like TikTok online dating apps which is all garbage Fake. and even when you're on mm. there i mean the statistics that that was shown me in that video that you guys showed me it was like 85 percent of women will you know swipe left right and and it feels like that they just have these really high physical standards right where it was yeah what was the thing it's it's i i'm looking for the six foot tall guy that makes a hundred grand and then the right. guy pointed out, okay, so that is um, 0.3% of the of entire the population. population. Yeah. And a lot of these people think it's like 10 to 15 or 20% of yeah. the population or this. And so like talking about, this is why, this is why I still agree, disagree with you. Maybe we're using different phrases, but I still disagree with you with the whole lower your expectations. When you're talking about physical expectations, I feel like those are way too high. Yeah. I, I, I really do. 
I, I don't think that, that people realize how few six foot tall, a hundred grand a year men or women for that matter are out there. And I, I don't know what to say. Like, I think it's the wrong word. They need to reorient their expectations. Sure. But to, to that point, this, this woman whose videos you played, you know, pointed out that like, there's a very small segment of the population that gets all of the attention. Right. Yeah. And everybody else gets nothing. Yeah. And a lot of those people have also looked at at the way that relationship, you know, relationships and marriages have evolved, and they're like, "Well, I don't even want anything anyway." Well, per Pearl, Pearl Davis put it this: that's the just pearly things. Pearl Davis right. put it this way: she goes, "The proposition for men nowadays, and and this is this is her word. She goes, men value youth and purity, right? That's that's her words. She goes, the proposition for men nowadays is that you're going to marry someone that's going to be, you know, in their mid to late twenties." Right. They've already gone through college. They've already slept around. They've already done, you know, these these other things. And then, oh, by the way, once they get married to the man, um, the government will essentially pay her to divorce the man and take his kids. Right. And right. half of his money. Right. And, and half of right. his money. And in, and in the meantime, and in the meantime, the guy's thinking, OK, well, there's there's a whole lot of risk involved to getting married to someone that might not possess the things that I actually want. Whereas there, there's this whole culture of women now that will simply give up the physical. Right. That, that used to be something that women demanded from men within the context of marriage. And it was actually it was it was in some ways a safety thing for women. And in a lot of ways, too, it was a civilizing things for man. Right. But when when that when that and, and this is the part where I've said this before and it makes people mad sometimes and I really don't care because I think it's true. And that is, is that if you if you look at modern feminism and what it's become, I feel as if. That at some point during the feminist movement, it transitioned from we want equality before the law. And oh, by the way, we want men to step up and actually fulfill their responsibilities within society instead of being drunk and, and promiscuous. Hmm. And the most lecherous society or the most lecherous aspect of men got together and said, mm, what if we just let you be drunk and lecherous as well? Like what? If, what if we it's let been, you engage in hookup culture? And that's not an endorsement of prohibition, by the way. That no, no, it, it's 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 just it's just this idea that it it it's almost as if so much of what women were rebelling against was not just injustice within our legal codes, but it was the diminished standards by which men were were living and failing to live up to the responsibilities, and, and the worst aspect of those men said, "Well, what if we just let you do the same?" Right. What, what if we give up on all these things that actually bring a whole lot more meaning and purpose and stability to life in general, not to mention joy and happiness and success? And, and what if we just traded it all for, I don't know, base physical gratification? Right. Yeah, that really bothers me about feminism is how quickly it becomes a it literally becomes the tool of the patriarchy. Like just recently, they literally redefined women. And I'm just thinking this is this is how they win. This is how men keep the upper hand that they supposedly always wanted, right? And feminists have just given it to them. I know we only have about 15 minutes left here. So I wanted to kind of go through like a quick checklist of what we've been talking about. So we talked about having the right standards and looking for the correct things, knowing what you're looking for, making yourself the kind of person who's a good spouse, where to look for a spouse. And then we run into this kind of prickly issue of women are in the mindset that they deserve maybe more than they're entitled. It's very difficult to pin down, but it's an issue of women being entitled to half of everything a man has and a man having no recourse, which extremely disincentivizes marriages. And I would argue that that is why it is so pivotal to find a partner and to never even really engage with anyone who doesn't see eye to eye with you on the value of marriage. This should probably be one of the first things you talk about, maybe on a second date, something like that. Yeah. Um, because you need to know that you have the same values. You don't want to put yourself in a position. You don't want to take the risk of being at the mercy of the judicial system when it comes to being up against all of this law that's so clearly against men. Well, so yeah, you got to establish that before you develop the feelings, which is why right. you need to talk early because yeah. once exactly. your feelings are involved, when's the last time you made a great 
decision based on emotions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the whole follow your heart garbage. But My portfolio no. certainly. But Christian, Christian brought up, Christian tried to say that we didn't tell him where to find people, but I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, no, I, to, I, well, no uh, it's, okay, it's to, not about to, where. Wait, wait, to Christian's point though, Christian, Christian brings up something that I do think, and, and this is something we didn't experience as much when we were Christian's age because there was no social media when we were dating. Right. There, there was right. none of this. No, there was left. MySpace. Yeah, there, there was. <laughs> no. no, that was even after we were married. There was, was no swipe left, swipe right. There was none of this. There was none of this thing where I could go to an app and all of a sudden be, you know, be sitting there as if I was some sort of king or queen, like just deciding which one might be worthy of me. Like that's that that is an incredible. Um, I, I mean, Jordan Peterson talks about this as well, and he talks about it where he basically talks about the dangers of pornography. And, and, and what this actually means for society when, when you've created, and again, I don't like to call it um, unattainable expectations. I like to, I, I much prefer to call it because I think it's more accurate, inappropriate, wrong and perverse expectations that will actually take you farther away from what will really bring you genuine joy and happiness. Yes. And, and so to that point, I'm not suggesting that, that I, it, well, look, we did it. It's easy. I'm not suggesting that at all. I think the environment that you and Hamilton find yourselves in very different from the environment that I found myself in. That doesn't change the nature of the fundamentals. The nature yes. of the fundamentals, that doesn't change. It, it, you might have a, a much more dangerous jungle that you got to fight through, right? But if it's worth it, the fundamentals remain the same. The fundamentals are you need to find someone with a similar worldview. That's theologically and, and to some degree politically. I don't mean party. I don't mean partisanship. I just mean a similar worldview with respect to how you explain why things are the way they are and how you're going to address it together. Right. The, the second component of that is, is making sure that you guys are actually have some sort of similar mission set with respect to your life. Right. And that, that does have to do with with certain ambitions or, or interests and things of that nature. And it doesn't mean you're not going to sacrifice for one another at times. You will. And you have to be prepared to do that because once you become married, the marriage becomes the, the ultimate objective, right? But you also don't want to enter into a relationship where one side has to continually sacrifice for the other while, while receiving nothing in, in return. And then the, the third component of that, because you can actually identify a lot of those things fairly quickly, fairly quickly. You can identify, you, you can at least exclude people that don't come anywhere near that. Right, as long as you're going into places where you have a higher degree of probability of meeting someone that agrees, then when you start getting into other questions, before Tina, before I had ever asked Tina to marry me, we had conversations about what are your expectations from your husband. Like we asked those questions: What do you expect me to do? What, right. what do you expect me to do around the house? What do you expect me to do outside the house? When, when have, you have children, I just I have to interrupt you because we're almost out of time and. I still don't think that we're I I don't I don't think that we're just looking at at this from the same perspective. You keep talking about well we have these conversations about these important things and I I agree those are all important. What I'm talking about is there is nobody to have that conversation. Oh, okay, with. okay, here's why that's bull crap and this is where this just becomes defeatism. So we, we've had this question before. All right, so we laid out a very logical explanation of if you have this sort of worldview, where are you most likely to find that person? Your response even was, I'm probably most likely to find them within a church environment or some sort of you know environment of that nature. Great. How many churches have you been to in the last two years? One. Your answer was one. All right, so again, one church what service? you've decided, no, 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 one church. you've decided, you've decided that the journey is difficult, and so have decided not to make it. That's different. That's different. Now, I think you are amazingly selling yourself short in this entire endeavor. Not to mention, I also think you're. I also think you're selling the female of the species short in this whole thing. Not because there aren't going to be times where where you run into bumps or, or problems. I, I, again, I'm not trying to make. I'm not trying to minimize that. But you can't tell me there's no one when if you've identified this is the place where I most likely meet it, and I haven't been. The, I haven't been to any of it in two years. You would you would never accept that argument from anybody else. Okay, but you also yesterday told me um, the whole point of going to church is not to shop around for a spouse. No, that's true, that's right? True. So you know, going to eighteen different that's churches true. to try to find a spouse. I, all that I'm trying to say is that, and and look, I get that I'm being the one who's being beat up because I'm the one sitting at the table asking the questions. But uh, in my defense, I'm asking a lot of questions that I feel like a lot of people in Hamilton and I's age are having. Yeah, it's just that they don't have the opportunity to ask them. I do. Because I'm the one staring across for, well, for the table you, from you. Let me ask you, Hamilton. Do you feel the same way? Like, what are your thoughts on what Christian's saying? No, Sorry. no, no. I, I think so. Again, we're looking at this logically, right? We, we've, we've, 
we, we've articulated some of the things that are really important if you want to set yourself up for success with respect to marriage. And now we're going through the logical obstacles that exist. You guys live in a smaller town with a, with an older population. So you're right. You don't have as many options as if you did if you lived in New York City. Right, a lot more would present themselves. However, a lot more bad options would also present themselves. That's true. I also, right? I also want to point out that I am not of the opinion that dating apps are necessary. Not all of them are bad, and I and I have actually seen a few marriages yeah, result really from good that marriages. good marriages, good matches, and I really believe that one of the reasons why is because when you're completely honest on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do actually find somebody that sees all of that and is like, that matches me and they've been completely honest, yeah. then this is actually probably going to be a good match. And I know people that this has really worked for. And there are a lot of people that are just not in the environment to be able to find someone like that. I would I would suggest trying to find a dating app that isn't secular yeah. Um, yeah. or or heavily secular. No, I, I, you know, in our previous episode, we talked about, or, or at least I briefly at the very end of it, talked about like the the um, uh, sorting, self-sorting ideologically, not just geographically, but also on the corporate side, right? Where yeah. we've seen some of these extremely woke corporations lose conservative, uh, you know, um, customers. And now conservatives are increasingly being like, I want to find a company to spend my money at that actually shares my values. You might see something similar with the dating world where yeah. I, I would not be surprised in like five to 10 years at that point, it might be too late for Hamilton. Well, they do I, exist. I, I would not no, be surprised do. if in five or 10 years you have an exclusively liberal, exclusively conservative set of dating platforms. They, they, where they're sorting been, them out by your there, ideology. There have been multiple hit scene and none of them have worked <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but well, how many times? Yeah, I mean, uh, how many times was there? You know, there an attempt to create an airplane before one finally worked. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I also think, think right. that there's the, kind the, of a the, stigma um, of putting yourself onto one of those apps. I do yeah. know people that, like one couple I know, who um, met each other on a dating app. Don't tell people that they met yeah. that way because yeah. they're embarrassed sure. that they met that way. And the problem is, is if it works, it works. Why I, I be ashamed a, of it? Well, Just I, do I, it. I want to add some bit of context to that. It is all about competition on dating apps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The top 5% of men get all of the swipes and the top 5% of the men spend as hours, hours strategizing their accounts. I know this. Because I'm a social media, but they're strategizing. Why I don't even try. Hold on, (laughs) I don't try at that game because I'm not gonna go spend two, three, four Saturdays taking hundreds of photos to find three that are the most becoming that can can compete against these other guys who have the Instagram pages with. That is the wrong way to look at it because if a woman is going on there and swiping whatever, you've dodged a bullet, dude. I agree, yeah. but that is not a space I want to operate no, in. No, and, yeah, and if you yeah. don't want to, that's fine. But I, I would say, like, so I, we had one of my, a good friend of mine, just great dude. Um, he met his wife on eHarmony. And it was the same thing. He didn't want to tell people that he, that he, that he met her online. But the reason why, you know, they, they have a great marriage, the reason why is because they, they weren't, this. it wasn't a system that was set up to just be like swipe left, swipe right, I'm going through. It was one that it said that there were certain criteria that had to be met before you even had options to see them, mm-hmm. right? So, right? So they, and were, they meeting, were honest so in they their were profile. On, they were yeah. meeting on the, fun, the, again, it goes back to those fundamental criteria. If you're not meeting on the fundamental criteria first, yeah. the politics don't matter, the other stuff doesn't matter. Yeah. Hinge and Upward both do that very well. I, so My big thing about the dating app thing is you have to be honest. Don't don't put on some kind of retouched photo. Be who you are. Be honest about who you but are. But the and reason what that doesn't work is because, as Hamilton pointed out, it, 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 it's what eighty five. What was the percentage again? Like women, women only like swipe whatever the right or left. Like right's accept, left is not accept. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, yeah. so women only do it like. Five to ten percent of the time, men do it like seventy percent of the time. Yeah. Okay, so like you can't be honest about your like. Here's an example: I'm five five. People who are watching this show probably don't know that because I'm sitting in a chair right now. I am probably the shortest person in this entire room. I'm massively shorter than the average guy. That immediately, with with the way that that you see dating, especially in online, cancels me out. 
95 so, plus so, percent so of the time because women I, don't want somebody that's so, five. The problem five. is though, is that you don't want the type of woman who would do that. Yeah. That's the problem is yeah. that I see, <laughs> just, I see men that are shorter with gorgeous wives all the time. Yeah. But they're and usually rich. No, no, <laughs> not necessarily. It's, I think, I think you are um, kind of doing women a disservice because there are a lot of shallow women out there, but then there are some genuine ones. And most women, I mean, I, I hope that most women wouldn't be like that. And if there is a girl who's like, all these women are swiping and rejecting you, be glad they rejected you now. You know what I mean? It, it's you dodged a bullet. No, no, I, agree with that. I don't want to be so with somebody the, the that's point, superficially. Again, and we're, not, we're not telling you you got to do this particular route. We're saying that w when the when the response is, there's no one out there. Okay, again, the 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 question back is, okay, great. Where have you looked? And if the answer is well, nowhere because they're not there. All right, well, that's not okay. That's again, you would never accept that reasoning. You would never accept that argumentation as being Fair acceptable point. in any other area. So uh, again, this is okay. Yeah. Can I say this is the last part I want to talk about with respect to expectations that I think I think has been set up that has been really really faulty, and that's this idea that this is just something that just kind of magically happens. Right. Mm, you meet yeah. the king is your or you meet the prince is your, you know, singing in a meadow somewhere. Right. And he just <laughs> rides up on a steed or or she walks into your bakery. right? Like that is not how this stuff typically happens. We have this romantic. It's again, I don't even like to call it romanticized because it's not. It's just garbage. It's this garbage view of how we and, and I'll put it this way. If you guys were going to look at purchasing a house. Right. Or, or, a, or a decent car or you were going to look at your career choice, the amount of analysis and time and effort that you would put in into properly understanding the environment and what you needed to do to succeed in that environment would be significantly higher because no one has given you any expectation that all of a sudden one day you're going to be singing through a freaking meadow and the perfect house is going to show up. <laughs> Nobody has given you the expectation that one day you're just going to graduate and all of a sudden you're going to be a millionaire because you're I, because you're there. They don't give you those expectations. But when it comes to relationships or marriage, all of a sudden you've got this litany of absolute Hollywood garbage setting this crappy expectation that makes no sense the moment you step back from it and you actually logically analyze it. And then I'm it's gonna like, end with this, this is all garbage. The difference is, is that a house can't say, I'm sorry, I only accept homeowners that are over 5'5". Five five. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's and it. I want to speak to this, Christian, because I don't know if you met me and Andy when we were there in Culpeper. Uh, my husband is four inches shorter than I am. Not even something that I considered because I'm not that kind of person. I love everything about my husband. His height is irrelevant. When you are looking for the right kind of person, I personally do not think that the height will matter one bit. And she might be the same height as you. She might be a little bit taller than you. It might be something that you guys laugh about. But I don't see that being an issue if your priorities are correct. I think... So in summary, I know we're trying to close. It's going a little bit long, which makes sense because it's a great conversation. But I think that if you are oriented properly and working on yourself, then you're going to have less time to worry about the ups and downs of dating. I know that dating is hard right now. Trust me. And Andy knew this very well before we got married as well. But the thing is that if you are working very hard to better yourself and turn yourself into the right kind of spouse, then I don't think dating is going to get you down as much as it would if you were just kind of waiting for the right person to come along and looking at the statistics and kind of fixating on that. If you're working on your own thing, working on improving yourself. You Christian are still in your twenties. I don't see this being a big issue. And that's the other thing. Age is not in women's best interest. Age is in men's best interests. Men, men gather value as they get older. Women do not. Um, <laughs> that is, which true. I know is a yeah. whole different cuddle of fish. Yeah. But the, we the, age the, like milk in the sun. Not true. Baby. Right. Right. It's, not, it's not a joke. And, and, and obviously different women age differently. Different women accept it graciously. Some don't. Um, some pretend it's not an issue and they can still do whatever they want. That is not correct. But in any case, what you're trying to do, 
Look, we know that hard times create strong men. And from what I can see of the dating pool right now, this is 100% a hard time that is going to come up with some strong people. And I would leave everybody on that slightly more positive note and encourage them really, really strongly to work their best to turn themselves into the kind of person that they would want to date. Because I don't think you can say anything more than that. I think that's just the best possible approach. I'm so glad that we brought Lydia on because every time that I can, I come out there and I'm like, we're all doomed. This is, this is like, I'm just glad that there was like an optimistic spin, you know, to contrast with my super pessimistic one, because I mean, We've seen it with this case, but I'm willing to bet that in future episodes, we'll see it on the political side, too. Um, I, right. I, this year kind of throws people off because they, if they've only recently been watching, they might be like, Christian's actually too optimistic, right? Because the election <laughs> results was the, the one time that it's I was too norm, optimistic. But, yeah, I promise right. you that's not the norm. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. hey, listen, I think this is a great conversation. I want to uh, thank our sponsor, Freedom Brides. The <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, listen. I, I this is. Uh, I think it's a fun conversation. We've actually talked about like breaking this down and actually, you know, doing a little bit more on on uh, in future episodes. So go on to Volley Chat. Let us know what you think. Let us know in the comments section. Uh, once again, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, have a uh, a great holiday season, and uh, we'll see you next episode. Once again, thank you very much for listening. If you want to support the show, again, one of the best ways you can do it is by heading over to GoodRanchers.com with promo code Nick. You're going to get $15 off. You sign up for one of those subscriptions, and you're going to get up to $480 of free meat with that subscription. You get to pick top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, bacon. It is all up to you. Plus, if you're looking for gifts to get for the people that are impossible to shop for, GoodRanchers.com also has gift boxes. You need to act quick. This is part of their overall Black Friday special. So head on over to goodranchers.com, use promo code Nick, and once again, thank you for listening.